2: no such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, no, you do. No, we don't.
0: A eat a, a, a Palace. <laughs> There's was, there was nothing else
2: to eat. He was
1: massive. <laughs> Legs, <laughs> ass, built. But I burst out laughing. The <film. laughs> so they're going to mess with the Slitter, lads. It's too light. The scores are too high. Um, I was reading in the Independent uh, stat, which kind of backs up that point, And there was a 108-second period in the Galloway Waterford game, where there was five scores. it's a minute and a half, Connell, like I mean, that's a lot of scores. Is it the Slitter's fault? Is it a tactical issue? You know, like, I mean, would you agree with making it a little bit heavier? Paul Murphy was on the show a few weeks ago saying he wouldn't agree with it because there could be some unintended consequences of like we wouldn't see the the great sidelines we're seeing. We might not see the great, some of the great passes we're seeing.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Obviously, it's been going on the last couple of weeks and I was thinking about it and I was thinking maybe we'll make the edges a little bit bigger and make the ball a bit heavier. And and then what are we going to get? Then we're going to get probably less... Skillful moments that we're seeing at the minute, the ball won't be obviously traveling as far, so people won't be getting the long-range scores. You certainly won't be getting those sidelines that Joe Canning are hitting, or you may be just about dropping over the, the over the bar from just inside the forty-five, but you won't be getting them. What he's doing, like he's going to put them over the net from behind. Um, I just think we have to embrace it now at the minute. Look, they're going to change the sitter, I think, going forward in so, in some capacity. I'm not sure what it is, but um, look, the whole thing is is, is is moved on an awful lot. Like, sir, when I started off. Uh, yeah, you got a bag of slitters nearly at the start of, this, let's say, the season, and you had to have them for a couple of weeks. Now you have a new slitter every transition. You nearly have a new slitter every break and play. So there's a new ball being thrown in all the time, which makes a huge difference, obviously. Right. Um,
1: but here's the thing: we're long-range points. Not like I remember you scoring a long-range point in the league final from under the Hogan Stand. Remember the Rock, the famous point against Limerick. That was on the forty-five on his on his side. Are we making too much out of it? Are players just going for it more? Is it the Slitters' fault? Or was it possible years, like 10 years ago to do that?
2: Uh, look, it was possible, but you want to be hitting it absolutely on the sweet spot. Right. You know, the sweet spot is probably, it's probably much bigger now because the, the the rims are smaller, the hurls are bigger. So obviously the sweet spot is easier to hit, so you're hitting it further. But um, I just, th- I think you need to be very careful. If we tamper with it too much and we uh, and, and we go back to having games where, like what was the score at half time in, in in the Limerick uh, in, the, in the Limerick game? It was something. Oh, they had twenty se- points on the 17, board. Yeah. 17 points to one four. Like that. That was that was a score line at the end of a game many years ago. Like so, you know, and I know the, the Galway Waterford game was was high as well. Yeah. twenty to one seven at half time. Twenty to one yeah. seven. Yeah, like so. I just think we need to be very careful that we go down the other road and, and uh, people the touch will start getting bad. Scores won't be coming as easy and um, the skill level will, will probably go down a little bit if we, if we start messing with the ball. So, look, there will be some uh, changes the G.A. will bring in, but just, I think, just be careful that it's not too much, you know.
1: Yeah, and Paddy uh, Stapleton, like, I mean, if you, if you make the rims bigger, will the players just not pare them down anyways?
0: God, I don't know. <laughs> I, think there was, I think there was a lot of talk of that with Don Log. Jeez, I could be off the map, but there could have been a bit of talk with that with Don Log for... Was it Cork penalties or something years ago when he was playing? But he was up to all sorts in the goals. No, he thing, had he was, that was that
1: was with an own Kelly penalty. He he had a ball the night before. Out. Yeah, he he had it soaked in water and he threw yeah. that. He, no, he didn't throw it out to Owen. He just left it close to Owen. He was yeah. very subtle about this. But anyways yeah. yeah. But
0: I I think his own slitters That he may have paired down then for for other matches right. that he was hitting out. But I'm not, hey, I'm not 100. But they'd, hey, you, you wouldn't rule anything out really if people would try. But I probably think it's no harm taking a slight edge off it. Like, you know, heavier slitter, I don't know. Maybe, like, the rims are terrible. Like, Connell, no, he he caught more balls than I did. But, God, training sessions with those Nori, those all Nori slitters, jeez, the rims were just um, so thick. And they take the hand off him. So you wouldn't be welcoming them back, but I see it for, for the game maybe. Like it's like basketball a little bit now. We get it, we get the sharp puck out and we pass it and shoot and it's kinda of, okay, the other team will give it a go now. So I do see the issues. But if this letter gets heavier or harder to hit, teams are already sitting back. So now they're just gonna I'd say it'll be a little more football like even again, that yeah. they'll sit right back because you have to get it all the way up to have a shot then and condensing the space. So I think at the minute I wouldn't change too much about it they have to shoot from long range you see Callum lines the other day people are saying how is he getting 5 points well if the other team are bringing everybody back then your half backs are the ones with the space and of course they're going to shoot so I yeah, I'd like to see it kind of eventually work itself out. I think, and that team to start pushing up the field a bit more.
1: Th- that's the thing, uh, Connell, Like, I mean, that's a good point, Paddy made. Like the uh, the whole thing about hurling is not being able to drop too many ba- men back because you can shoot from so far out. So if the slitter was heavier, is anyone arguing for a heavier slitter? Maybe no. If people are saying that the rims maybe get a bit bigger for less. uh restrict air aerodynamics, air, aerodynamics or, yeah. or whatever is that what we're asking for here and is that a, is that one a bad thing well
2: I, yeah, I just think we should hold off on making any until this, we go through the whole championship when we get a full crowd in and the referees are doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah. with, with everything uh, letting the game flow and there'll be a lot more pressure around the field and, and judge it on a full championship season and see how it goes because it's look this league is so strange um, you know, teams are trying things. Things, are, you know, they're not really trying a whole lot. And so, I, I'd say just just hold on. Uh, and I know GA have put together a task force, and I hope nothing really happens this this season. Just just let it ride out and see how the championship goes first. It'll be interesting to see
1: who's on this task force. So Larry McCarthy has asked Kilkenny chairman um, Ned Quinn to chair it, and Pat Daly's on it, Paddy. And they're the only two names that I saw in the report. Like, I mean, this seems to be split between hurlers from te- ten years ago and more. Who hate the game now and the, the, the current players I don't mean hate the game now are are giving out more about it and the current yeah. players who are very happy with it.
0: Yeah, well, that's the way it usually happens. It, it is. Yeah, so, know, who's surprised? I'm not surprised. So, <laughs> has, no, ba- ha-
1: has Babs Keating had his say on this yet?
0: Oh, Babs. Babs <laughs> don't talk about Babs and Slitters. You get the Limerick crowd going again. But that's uh, that's another day's talking. But yeah, sure, that's the way it always happens. People who are on these committees for years and they're all buddies and whatever happens, I'd, I'd hope they'd have a youthful side to the, to So, and not being ages, Christ, don't come at me for that. But um, look at the, 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 the. I think one. One good point that Connell made there was get the crowds back in. Like we see up in Corrigan Park with the Antrim matches, like they seem to be having bare summer matches. And I often commented before that the best training match I ever had was when we had that that uh, the crowd noise over the over the speakers. Oh yeah, and it really, really makes people think quicker and kind of lose their head a little bit. So I think that's a great point, and the sooner we get back in, the better. And I think, as I said, it'll affect the referees' decisions. Clothes will get on their back and, you know, they mightn't uh, be pulling things as, as handy.
1: Yeah. Pete Finnerty has been giving out about defending. Um, there's a lot of people giving out um, about hurling, even though, you know, the, the games have been a lot better the last two weeks. Like, I understood it after the the Cork tip match, but now it just seems when, when something takes off, you know, it's hard to stop it. So Pete Finnerty has been saying you're assessed as a defender on what your man did or didn't do. Um, And what you did, your main objective was to limit the team's ability to score. You had no desire to get your name on the score sheet, uh, but you see half-backs doing it regularly now and occasionally scoring more than half-forwards. You're seeing forwards being converted into backs now, uh, but it wouldn't happen in our time. You you wouldn't be dogged enough, uh, tight enough, because um, they're scorers and that's what... uh, that's what they're being put or something like this, he said. Like, yeah. I mean, I think he's talking about maybe Calem Lyon scoring five points from play. Jesus, what's wrong? that's fantastic. And yeah. he, he destroyed Joe Canning in that first half. The reality is, and Joe, you know, played his way into the game. I, I was an attacking halfback in football. I think that's outrageous to say, <laughs> not, don't attack
2: from halfback. Uh, look, I think the game, the game has obviously changed from back in the 90s and those Gawag Kenny affairs and, and, and all of those kind of games where the backs were the backs and you had to stop your man. And if you got the ball and you were free, you give a good ball into the forward. You don't go silly and take a shot. Um, and I think the, the game has changed now the young lads are coming through and uh, they're so confident that they want to get a score they want to go and, and they've figured out the best thing is when you get the ball uh, as an early defender is to go forward because your man will have to chase you then um, and, and, and they're not afraid to score and they're well able to and, and he's scoring four or five and it's not, that's not unusual for him no. to be scoring that um, and it, I think it's great to see but I think it, again it'll it level out uh, when, when when the crowds come back when the, when the tactics are a little bit changed for a championship and a little bit more intensity, they're not going to be letting lads like shoot from that far out um, un- uncontested a lot of times at the minute it looks like it is.
1: Yeah, Owen Larkin's been given out as well, Like we, we mentioned him last week the tweet but he's on the RT website Paddy saying that TJ hit 118 that day, 15 points from freeze but there was no spectacle to the game at all um, and that applies to most of what I have seen, I watched Kenny Wexford and it was just too loose with lads running everywhere to keep possession at all costs and again, are, are we repeating ourselves here like these are practically challenging. Games. These are pre-season games, you know. Like, I mean, this is not anything close to championship. It's not even league kind of intensity with no crowds, like you're saying. These are, we said before the league, this is a this is like a Walsh Cup.
0: Yeah, it is a little bit, but I probably said I've seen more competitive Welsh Cup matches, or I we just played a water for crystal, probably seen more combative um Walsh Cup games, I'm sure. But I, I can't see what he's saying to a degree, but you see, it's completely counterintuitive to what he's used to when he played and how they, Kilkenny were really, really successful because you had five or six, six foot two lads just able to catch balls and run with them. So why wouldn't you hit it down on top of them? But, like, I mean, if that's something that would work now, teams would still be doing it. But it just doesn't seem to be something because I'd even be, I'm small and I'd even be confident. I'd be confident if a high ball was hit every time that I could beat my my man most of the time. So it's just something that management and even Brian Cody is realizing that's not 100% the way to go. Now I do think it'll change. As you said here, I think it's getting better every week now, to be honest. Like there's some good matches. Jesus was dire for the first week or two, but I think it will improve as it goes on. And Jesus if you can even get 500 into a match, I think that will really kind of quicken up and, and the adrenaline will get going with players. And I don't think we'll see the same sort of chess matches that we're seeing at the minute, which at times can be unenjoyable, but I, th- I think we've seen some good stuff over the last couple of weeks, so no need to throw the baby out with the bat water
2: I think the, uh, as well, like a lot of the crack in the dressing room before games with like say defenders would be like, Just I'm gonna have a pot shot today, I'm gonna have a shot. I wanna get on the score sheet like this could be the full back talking they're like, No, you no you're not, like I don't want you doing that, like just give the ball in. Like, not a chance, I'm having a shot. Like if I get up there you're not getting it. You know, like, so they have full of, they're full of confidence that, that they, because they're much better music, now. Yeah, they are much better, yeah. Yeah. And they know that they can they can they can probably have an earlier license to shoot from, from the distance, maybe once or twice and, and then the rest of the time they can give it in while years ago they, they had or wasn't even coming into the radar after having a shot, you know. Yeah, that's it. The skill levels have gone through the roof. We were talking about that on, on Monday's show and this is, this is
1: obviously contributing to the high scores. It's a, it's a tactical thing either, Paddy. Like, I mean, there's a lot of loose players around the field now where half-back lines have gone and most half-back lines are agreeing that they're not following these three lads. Yeah. And if you're not following these three lads and the ball is so light and you can score from everywhere, well, then there's going to be a lot of long-range scores.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I can see another evolution coming because the whole reason to hold back your half-back line and midfield was to protect your full-back line. You know, it's, it's difficult to play in there when there's space and if there's time to hit the ball. You know, that's just the, the way the forwards are these days. It's really, really difficult. Yeah. But now teams are scoring more than ever. So is that whole tactic and that notion have to be changed, altered, evolved in some way? I think it does. Like I think we might go back to the area where we push up and plays only at the back, and um, that we feel like we'll be able to concede less that way because we'll win enough of the the, the dropping balls from the from the goalkeepers. Like I think people will have to do that because now I know a Limerick. You see, Limerick's a problem then because they seem to be able to get it through the hands if you push up on them. But I think every other team you'll actually you'll make them really really struggle. Like even if you think uh, Limerick's all Ireland Semi against uh, Kilkenny a couple of years ago, two thousand and nineteen, Kilkenny pushed up on them and the crowd were there. And the intensity was high and they kept turning them over. Now I'm not saying that'll happen every time, but there's an example of one day that Limerick in the last three years didn't get it all their own way. And I think it will it, when the players are there to do it, it will come back around to that.
2: The, the game is changing even even a little bit. Like I, I noticed in in club where let's let's say you'll have a good number of lads that are really good at shooting, right? And they may not be good at chasing back or they may not be good at tackling. So there's, there's a there was a thought with us for a while maybe that we could bring one of those lads back and let him have that free roll back at the num- let the number six um drop back a little and he could play in that whole area. And then as the ball is going forward, if it's getting blocked up, you can always give it back to this lad and he's probably the highest percenter uh, percentage chance of making those long range shots rather than a wing back hitting hitting those like maybe fifty fifty ones. Yeah. So like is the game changing where you can you can nearly put a forward in the backs because the way it's going is you need to be to be a half forward. Now you're nearly a defender to a degree because you're going back so far deep. You're hassling, harrying, and then you're just hitting the ball into the four forward and hand passing it across. So,
1: Wexford kind of do that with Kevin Foley like a, little bit, in, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, a
2: little bit. So, it's it's definitely move. It's definitely moving a long way from um, what Pete Finerty is saying there.
1: But but here's the thing, uh, Connell is that I'll use Dublin as the example here. This conceded thirty four points, right? Like are they they scored if they conceded four twenty two? That would be four twenty two would be a horrific uh you know because we conceded four goals, but it's the exact same as thirty four points you know by the tactics of letting lads loose, do you know do you get me yeah like yeah. there seems to be maybe like what Paddy's saying is that it'll move away again of saying to your three in the full forward line or full back line mark them we can't cover you because we can't be leaving lads free around it We're they're they're hitting 30 plus points a game so we're going to have to take that risk of potentially conceding a goal to close down these feckin' 30 plus points kind of times Yeah well
2: a lot of those let's are talking talk my friend in the, the Dublin Clare game came from frees anyway. So Dublin's problem is they're giving away too many s- silly frees in in, in in anywhere nearly in in, in the field now, and it, and it seems to be a score. But yeah, I agree if. If the situation was where they scored three or four goals in any team, you'd sit down the following Tuesday, and go right, that's it, we're batting down the hatches and we're not letting any more come in here, so we're we're gonna stay man on man and we're bringing an extra man back or whatever the case is, and they're yeah. happy to concede the scores. That was usually the way you say, look, if he, if he hits it over from that distance, well, fair play to him, you know, well done, right. but you're not getting inside to get a goal because it gives obviously a huge morale boost to the team and everything. So, but that's obviously changing now because you look how fast Limerick get the scores; they can get five or six scores, you know, within two or three minutes, and it's the same as when you're getting a goal even better
1: yeah 36 points was at Limerick got against Clare um, last year Paddy like and if any teams accepting 36 points just not to concede a goal I would scratch my head going I'm not sure about that
0: yeah I, I'm not sure about it either um, I just feel you need to trust your backline a bit more like I know what's changed a bit since I played um, but I when I was playing the full backline I know Mickey Cal felt very similar I preferred a lot of space but if our forwards and our midfield were honest out the field and they shut down the back line and let them hit it sort of under pressure. like I, I prefer playing that because I felt and sort did Mickey Call that we could get out in front of our man or that we could, we could at least read it as well as they could and then yeah. they're not getting that nice ball hit into them. Now I know it has changed and backs are better to move the ball and they'll take it off the shoulder and they might open you up anyway but I prefer to be opened up once or twice would have a chance with a lot of the other ball um, to get out in front of your man but at the minute I think teams are holding back, but they're still not able to cover the space in the backline line against the top teams. And like I even saw concannon there the last day in the second half against Watford. Like, it's impossible to defend. You can go either way. Like, at least in football, the ball can only really be kicked 40 metres, maybe accurately. In hurling, it can be hit from 70 or 80 metres and you're just wide open. So I would, you know, if I'm playing the back line, I'd for a bit more pressure with a bit more space where I am.
2: Yeah, You'd hardly like a lot of space marking Kincannon though, would you? Because that ball can go I, anywhere. I, I prefer.
0: I I, w- I, I can one hundred percent tell you, Colin. I would prefer space or pressure on the shoe on the on the ball in coming in because I can read it. Then if he's only if the defender in Galway is only having a half look up the field before he hits it, then I'm on his shoulder and I'm with him. But if he gets to make two or three runs and okay, Paddy Maher's standing in front of me, but Concanen can make two or three runs away, so I'm I'm automatically behind him. I, that, that's my worst nightmare
1: personally yeah well that's the thing like there's so many different factors to us the yeah. skill level is huge the tactics where players aren't necessarily following is huge the, the, the weight of the ball is, is huge I do take Paddy's uh, point there that like I mean they're off the shoulder now so it's easier easier break into space and mm-hmm. give that nicer ball do you know what I mean Connell? Th- to a forward if you are to leave them completely exposed
2: yeah yeah look it is that, that's the ideal situation where a defender pops the ball to someone else running by them and then that defender's facing the play and facing the forward so he can see what's happening with his head up and give a good ball in. Yeah, that's obviously ideal and it's impossible to stop a lad coming at pace off a shoulder unless you're going to foul him yeah so yeah. it's hard it. to
1: know we, uh, maybe, these, maybe just these uh, big scores are with us I, I personally don't like the points tallies in the 30s I just I, I, I just think that's there, there should be no call for getting into the 30s in points what do you we, want to keep it to 12 points, points. <laughs> those days are gone <laughs> yeah. but we were talking about one thing that you wouldn't miss about hurling a little bit and, and again you keep making the points um, about when the crowd's there and the shoulder to shoulder and you'd be a lot more intense is passages of play you know like in tennis a and volley or the gate, like, that's nice once or twice, but you like to see an owl rally,
2: you know, to get yeah, your bit yeah. of
1: money's worth. You don't see the ball in play enough, uh, Connell. Well, we haven't
2: in this league. No, we haven't so far this season, but, like, that has happened last last year. No problem. Okay, that the ball was an issue. Maybe the refs were blowing it up, but I think we're going to get those passes to play in come championship when the intensity comes back and a bit of physicality comes into it and referees yeah. let it flow. That'll come back. I think it, ha- it has to come back. That's the game. Like, so... Um, I wouldn't be getting too uh, too worried about that yeah. in at the minute.
1: OK, so we'll calm down for, for another while until we see some of the championship. What about Davy's ban, lads? I, I I remember when he did it with Jason Ford, I was very, very critical. Like, how dare a manager ever come in and get physical with a player? But, Jay-Z, he t- he pushed Darren Gleeson. That was all. And they hugged and made up afterwards. And Darren Gleeson didn't care. And Davy didn't seem to care. I'd be kind of on Davy's side for this one, Paddy. What about you? Yeah, look, I
0: think unless you know what was said you're probably, you know, we know very little about the incident. We just can see what happened, which yeah. didn't look huge, but I suppose there was this, was this, was there another incident even before that? And it's like, it's, you know, it's like persistent fouling. You get your yellow or you get your red. I think this could be for the, over the years. Like, I mean, there's always some spectacle there. So this isolated incident, like Darren, I know Darren well, he wouldn't care about this. this this is something he'd, he'd enjoy it. He'd enjoy it a bit of crack with it. And, um, He wouldn't hold any grudges over it, but um, with Davy. But look, in in isolation, it looks very simple. But I'd say it's you know his reputation is following him around now, Um, and for years he was, I suppose, playing a victim, and now he's talking about that. You'll never get this sort of thing out of him. That that's what makes him. And look, I think at the end of the day, we realise this is why he's doing every match. I've been witness to it. I've seen it. Opposition players, um, referees, his own players, everyone gets it. So I don't know, he's going to pay the price if
1: he keeps doing it that long. What was he saying to the Waterford player back years ago? He says, I have two all-Irelands and you fuck all or something. <laughs> <laughs> the camera's
2: like,
1: do yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you think,
2: Conor? Um I think maybe a lot is made at this one. Um, I think he, is it orchestrated? I don't think that one was, but I think he, there is certain times when he, he does do things to play. Uh, to, to Provoke a reaction in in, in, yeah. in this situation. The Jason the Ford
1: one might have been pr- yeah. might have been planned.
2: Yeah, this possibly. one you're
1: right. This I don't think this one. Was no, I think
2: it. you know it's it is a tough place to go. It and you know it is very tight up there. And I think he probably thought that was a decision. It was a it was a tight t- time of the game too, where they were the, the, the teams were very close. But I wouldn't be really looking too much into that one. But um, I think yeah, Davies probably. Of the opinion, like like nearly daily, was like you go out and play the game. I'll I'll manage the ref. You know this kind of this kind of thing, and he he'll he'll shout sometimes, and he won't shout other times. And then in the hope that over the course of the game that he that that you're getting the decisions that you want because he's hoping he can influence the referee in some way. Now whether he does it or doesn't, or whether it's right or wrong, I'm not too sure. But uh, it definitely doesn't help a team when you're playing to look at the line and to see like craziness happen like you're trying to figure out how the game is going and you look to the line and maybe selectors are jumping around and yeah. and, and your manager is shouting and roaring like you're not sure what the hell is to be doing you know and it, it just it doesn't help I don't think the players
1: No not at all I don't think it does at all seeing your manager who's meant to lead by example losing his mind it would light a fuse in you nearly yeah. especially because you, you know you'd be but it, it's a fairly big penalty Paddy for like I, I didn't think about what he said now I just saw the kind of physical altercation and then the two lads uh, shaking hands after the game. Maybe he had said something to the man and maybe that's what it's for. We don't we don't know that. But he's missing the Dublin game, and he's missing a, a Leinster quarter final out of it.
0: Yeah, um, and as you said, Darren Gleeson wasn't sent away. Davey was, so obviously yeah. there was a difference in the verbals. Anyway, that was yeah. But it is it is harsh because especially now we don't have the round robin. This is like you know you get beaten by leash and you're really really on the back foot then. Um, so. That would be seen as a serious failure on his part, I think, to, to actually not be on the sideline, um, that's really careless, I think, by him. Even though you can blame the officials and stuff like that, like he you, you knows the problems, he's been there long enough. So, But it seems a hard enough penalty, like a two-game, one-game man, you'd say, okay, fair enough, you take it on the chin. But two games, it then kind of go, God, what was actually said, but yeah. um, it must have been something, but it is a tough penalty and... Do You know what? I uh, it could be a very short year now when, you know, things are, are up and down as it is and, you know, Leash would probably be waiting in the in the in the long grass.
1: Yeah, definitely. Dan Shannon's still on the goal lads at 44. He's playing senior hurling. I played junior B last night, lads, and I struggled. <laughs> now I'm not an ex-player <laughs> of the year. But, like, I was just thinking of Dan, like, I mean, he's back again. Fintan O'Connor, she's interesting, Fintan O'Connor, the carry managers over club teams. And I always think about that. How can they do that? Like, how yeah. can they do both? It seems like, but, like, I mean, in theory, Dan Shanahan could play until he's 50, right? He could do a Mickey Linden on it. Because, like, I mean, he's not going to be running too much. He's got a sensational paw. He's going to be on the edge of the square.
2: Yeah, and like, he's a big and he man, yeah. can play
1: for as long as he wants, Connell, no?
2: Yeah, well, look, I'm not hugely far off that age, like so. I'd like to say, yeah, um, why not? Like, he, he's obviously good enough. He, he obviously has the hunger and he wants to do it. So um, I don't see any problem. And, and putting him at the edge of the square, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a massive problem for a team that, like, you know, he's a big man. What is he? Six three, six four, even more. Or More six five. I yeah, think he is. And um, imagine him how, throwing the ball in on top of him, um, and like. I don't know how you'd even deal with him, you know, inside as a fullback, you know, in club level. But uh, no, I think fair play to him. He, he he obviously is enjoying his hurling, and I'm sure he's keeping really fit. And um, why not? Why
1: not? I suppose you. I suppose you're the only thing you would have to tell one of the young lads marking him is take off up the field, Paddy, every every chance you get.
0: Oh, try and run him. Yeah, that's the only thing <laughs> run do. Run the but, outlet, <laughs> <laughs> but then then the ball come back twice as quick. But no, he's a great player. Fair play to him for playing on because I'm geez, I'm only thirty five and I'm finally going very hard still at club level. But I think when you're a big unit like that, yeah, um, there's a different job for you. Than small lads.
1: Definitely, Dan Shanahan. Fair play to you. You'll stay going to your fifty. Um, right, we'll come back and we'll take a look at the matches. Alright lads, so matches at the weekend. So this is the last round of the league, funnily enough. There isn't any real excitement about it. Kilkenny are through. Kilkenny Mm. are joint league champions no matter what happens. And not a word about them. Yeah, no, not a word about them. And the league is being shared, obviously. So you would kind of like Tipperary, Galway, Cork are in the mix in the other division like you would nearly want Galway to get through in that so at least a potential Leinster final could, could see league champions who wants to share imagine Kenny and Tip sharing a national title like I mean yeah, what did yeah. they do with the cup did they have to share it like <laughs> half the year down there or could Kenny and Tip give a shit about bringing a, cup, a league cup anywhere
2: I think I don't know for them players I think that have won so much in Kenny and Tip pass players it'd be many, pretty much of a joke like you, you only share the league that year yeah. like, so I, I'm not sure about that one now how that would go down it would go
1: down in the history books uh, Paddy having to share something down in tip with Kilkenny
0: yeah kind of an olive bench with the both hold each side of the cup but you'd have to you'd ha- yeah you'd
1: have to organise a challenge game against them for like an unofficial <laughs> match
0: <laughs> yeah well there's one goes on with the under 21s every year tip and Kilkenny and Gertnau so maybe they could swap all the seniors for it next year or this year but uh, Asher it's, look it, it's it's kind of I don't know, kinda of like a formality of these matches. they this league whoever wins it wins it. Maybe maybe if if a Galway and Kilkenny are playing each other or whoever, you could. But but even even if that was the league final and somebody comes on with a cup onto the field you know the captain and Brian Cody or the other side the Galway Lies are going to catch that cup and put it in a bag as quick yeah. as they can and be like not even celebrate and not even look at it for fear that it would be taken as getting ahead of themselves so uh, yeah I think it's going to be for, uh, quickly forgotten about
1: it, it's, it's pretty much just for the history books because obviously last year the limerick Clare Munster quarter-final doubled up as the league final and that's yeah. what happened like yeah. I mean it was nothing it's just to say someone won it why didn't they do like I mean they're trying to do that this year but it's the same in the football that we're complaining about. Like, there's not going to be any league finals. There's going to be semi-finals. Mm, and yeah. based on who the favourites for the games are, it looks like n- there will be no league final in any, in any division. Why would they not just have put back the all Ireland football and Hurling final one week and give the league the prestige that it deserves. It's like the second biggest competition. It doesn't really make an awful lot of sense. No, they it? probably
2: should have, I suppose. But I, I think at the time, earlier on in the year, maybe uh, when they were planning or, be, or before Christmas, I think they were just happy to get a league, get some kind of games played. Yeah. And they weren't too worried at that stage if there was going to be a final or not. But I suppose now where we are now with everything and the pandemic, yeah, it'd be great to have a final. And it, it doesn't really matter. Like, it, you know, uh, that's joint, a joint winners, that that is irrelevant to players now at this stage, and a lot of the games are just used as preparation for the championship, as as usually the league is. But I think it is a very important competition, and people do cherish cherish the medals when you win them. So. I think having a final in, in, in some capacity would have been, would have been the best uh, situation. But yeah. it, is, it is what it is now.
1: In a, in a strange way, Paddy, we kind of have what we deserve, considering the GA didn't fight for that elite status back in February at all. They actually just allowed that to happen and didn't fight their corner without going back in history because they were dark months. Like I mean, That was just kind of accepted, whereas the soccer and the rugby got to play their elite sports. The GAA went, look, if you don't want to call us elite this time, that's fine. And now we don't have league champions in, in football or hurling.
0: I think the GA were just so happy to get the All-Ireland play last year. I think they were happy that it was proposed that we would come back this year. Look, they could have kicked up a stink over it. And I think, you know, they would have been warranted in a lot of ways um, because it is only, you know, 32 counties at the end of the day. You know at inter-county level how well it can be controlled. So look, you don't want to go back over it, but certainly they could have got a couple of more weeks out and I think it would have been great for the morale of the country, to be honest, because, you know, we were all sitting inside staring at bloody soccer for six months there and your head was going to fall off. But, um, look, I think they could have done another week for to be honest. And, and, you know, the club game is going to be pushed up anyway. It's going to be pushed forward. So, um, we're going to have loads of weeks for that. But look at... It's done now, and I don't feel like uh, <laughs> getting
1: back into it. No, I don't really want to think back to how I felt no, back no. in January and February. It's, uh, it was a dark, dark couple of months. We we'll look at the matches. as There's not a great offering on television for for hurling people. We have Kilkenny Clare on Saturday. That's on Air Sports at three o'clock, and there's no other live hurling. It's Cork Galway is the deferred um, deferred game on Sunday. So at least there are two good matches. Um, but you'll know there probably know the result um, in the Cork Galway one. I want to start with. Um, Tipperary and Waterford Um, I thought it it was an interesting one Liam Cal Paddy said I think for the first 17 balls that went in we only retained 6 of them this was against Westmead and that simply wouldn't be acceptable at this level so that's an area of our game we've got to work on but a lot of lads are trying to do the right thing and we remain a work in progress now this is the last league game before the championship when do Tipperary move past being a work in progress or have they done that internally and they're just telling us this
0: Waterford, is it?
1: Oh, sorry, Tipperary. Uh, oh, Liam Sheedy. That was Liam Sheedy, sorry. Sorry, that was Liam, Liam Sheedy. Okay.
0: To... Well, hey, it's always going to be talk of a work in progress. That's 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 what it's all going to be. I, and I think the reason they didn't win every ball going in, okay, they, they could have done better on the prim- primary ball, but uh, I watched that match. But I actually think Tipperary in the play quite well at the minute. Um, I was happy enough with the way they played against Westmead, to be honest with you. But they're always going to be dumbing it down. You know, as manager, you're just pouring cold water on, on anything you can. Uh, but I think they're close to their starting 15, extremely close to their starting 15. Uh, I think this Waterford match is really good because Jamie Callanan can get another match under his belt. Brendan only played the last day, albeit very well, but that'll be another game for him to get under his belt. They have a couple of young players, possibly the goalkeeper, uh, Hogan, will start championships, so they might give him another bit of action. And Brian McGrath, of course, brother De McGrath has only played a couple of league games so there's another one for him but I think he knows probably 12 13 of his mm-hmm. team but he could use this Watford match certainly they, I don't think they care if they win this match but he definitely would like another sub or two I still think they don't know who are we going to break from the bench that's actually going to make a big difference a huge difference they had it in 19 uh Jake Morris Macio, those two probably haven't you know, established themselves since. So I think if you could get something like that out of the next match, I think he'd be very happy.
1: I think Jamie Callan's going to love the two-man full forward line, Connell, because JJ has always maintained his movement is brilliant. Yeah. And that extra bit of space, and JJ says his movement is always in behind you, right and left. Which you don't really like, yeah, so yeah. like that that will suit him down to the ground. The only guy he got a, I think he got the first point against Westmead, didn't score after that. But Jesus, like I mean, he's been he hasn't been playing. And and Has been out for ages. That yeah. game yeah. is gonna the, the Waterford game is going to he's going to badly need that one.
2: I think it's perfect uh, for for a lot of those lads that are coming back for Tipperary, and um, you know you, you always would have a couple of challenge games, but you know sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. And I think playing Waterford now in the league is is perfect for them uh, at, at the right time, just before the championship, to give all those lads a bit more game time. And get them up to speed. And I think uh, Paddy's probably uh, spot on. I think uh, Tipperary are in a good place, even though um, she won't say that. Like, he's not going to come out and say we're delighted how things are going and we're really, really humming. But uh, I think the way they're playing, um, okay, they mightn't they mightn- be getting the strength and depth that he really, really needs, but I think the. the quality of players that they're still bringing on are still are still are still pretty pretty high compared to a lot of other counties, and um, I think he's quietly uh, he'd be chuffed at how the last number of league games went for them. Which is better, knowing your full team or not being sure of your game plan,
0: Paddy? Knowing your full. <laughs> well, look, he needs to know the players he has on the field. Um, and I think he does, and it's a lot. of the tried and trusted, but I think they have brought a few on now that are taken over a little bit of Matter obviously he's been there a few years but Barry Heffern to me is stepping up as a real leader in that backline and they got they need it then McCormick is more coming to the fore as you know a top player uh, mightn't score a lot but is taking over sort of the style of that they're playing but I do think Tipperary know their style they, they're, they're, they're they're sitting back a little bit more they're more structured um, and they had a little bit of variety the last day and against Galway they were chipping in nice little balls from around midfield because the players inside aren't that fast, but they're quite strong and very skilful. Um, and, they, they, you know, they're coming off the shoulder a bit as well. So I think he knows more of how they're going to play than they're letting on. Um, and I certainly think he, he knows the players that are going to do it.
1: OK, what about Waterford? Like, I mean, they scored three twenty-three. 23 I was reading this in that classic... 2014 final between Tip and Kilkenny. Kilkenny scored 322, and it was seen as what a score. And yeah, think yeah. You, you got 226, something like that, Paddy, or 129. Waterford scored 223 and lost. <laughs> That's yeah. the modern game. But they look dangerous up front with the two Bennets, Um You know, Hutchinson on fire. Montgomery and Kieran Bennett may be doing a little bit of the work. And uh, uh, surely Austin Gleeson's going to go back up to the, the forwards.
2: Yeah, I think um, I think Waterford would be happy up, up until maybe the last maybe twenty minutes of the Galway game. I think they were very very good um, and things were going really well for them. Uh, this Austin Leeson thing is probably it's probably it's look it's, it's a good problem maybe that they have. They don't know where to really put him at the minute. Um, not sure. I probably would agree with a lot of people that are saying. Not sure if he's if he's really a number six. You know that he's really comfortable there. Um, I'd like to see him maybe midfield or push into the half forward line and, and give him a little bit more freedom. You know, like, like nearly like a Tony Kelly role, where you know he, he can go wherever he likes to a degree, um, and he's good enough to be able to do that, and he's, he's well able to read the game and. I think this weekend it'll be interesting to see, you know, he has to kind of nearly place relatively very, very close to his championship team. Is he going to move him or is he, going, is he not? And if he, he we'll know that by this weekend. We really.
1: will, yeah, because this has to be the championship yeah. team, right? Like would Kevin Moran at his age not be a better kind of man to hold that number six because it would suit him better than the wing running after a lad and let Austin up into the forwards? For me, that's a no brainer, but I don't know, Paddy, what the thinking there would be.
0: Well, now that you've said it, I think that's uh, that would be a very good option in my head because uh, I was trying to think through. I think Irla, Irla Daly who had a great All-Ireland when he came on last year. Probably very young, like, you know, um, but as you said, if you're not marking a man at centre-back and your job is to cover, like Kevin Moran was able to do that as a wing-back, you know, in his heyday while marking a man. He knew he knew how to read the situation. Has played there for his club a number of times uh, when he got to the All-Ireland. I, uh, I certainly would think somebody like that. Look, I think Austin Gleason isn't alert enough as a defender, you know, uh, negatively enough to go and cut spaces out and to get back and to sit in front of that D when it's needs be. I just don't think that's the type of player he is. Yes, he played on a water for underage team centre back, but they were a classy team. Like, I, he more or less had a free roll to attack every ball. Yeah. Whereas you're being given a lot of different challenges as a senior hurler and her team is under a lot more pressure. So um, I would certainly think he's probably not the answer right now i think he'd nearly need a whole proper league campaign six months of challenge matches all of that stuff to get himself ready to play there um and i don't think he's the answer at the minute and and again i think they could do with him maybe in half hour
1: and 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 the game's changed too kind of like it's not like ken McGrath he's going to be able to catch load of ball hit down on him because it won't happen and there's nothing worse he's their talisman there's nothing worse than Connor Whelan getting six points off your talisman, or Keane Lynch cleaning your talisman. Do you get me? You yeah. have to you have to make sure your talisman is not getting you know going to get getting exposed, a, getting him a run around like him. potentially like that.
2: Yeah, that is important. Look, he's a huge he's a huge player for Waterford, and when he's really playing well, Waterford kind of play well. But look. Uh I think probably the half-forward line is, is, a, is a better position for him. Probably centre-forward. If, if it was me, I'd put him centre-forward and still leave a lot of the space in behind for the lads to like Bennett and all to work away inside because when they get any kind of good ball inside, you can see how dangerous they are. Yeah. Um, and look, Waterford up, up front, probably from midfield up, are, are relatively set, settled. It's just in and around the backs. I think that that's the only little worry they probably will have and as I said, we, we should know this weekend, like because he's not going to spring something new in championship. That's that's that that would be a, that'd be a bit, a bit mad thing to do. But um, yeah. we'll definitely know this weekend. Yeah.
1: Who do you fancy in this one, lads? Paddy, I'll go to you first.
0: Um, I'll probably take Walford down and Walsh Park. Uh, I think they have to show up and have a more complete performance. Conan said, I thought up until half time maybe they had a, they got blitzed about five minutes before half time. They were they were pretty good now, very very good, uh, but they still. I don't think they've had a good enough league campaign so far that they can saunter through this match. So I think Waterford have a little bit more in the line they could win.
2: Hannah, yeah, um, I think Waterford will be disappointed in in the scores that they that they conceded in uh, in against Galway in the weekend. But I just think Tip probably. Um, I, it's a tough place to go Walsh to get a result I'm not sure if Waterford will be really honing in on this as a big as a big game for them they had a big game last week they don't want to be picking up and really coming into Championship a couple of weeks later will they be going full out for it I'm not 100% sure Tip I think on the other side uh, probably need this game you know and they need to kind of get up and running again um, not that they haven't been going well up to this but I think uh, get, the more game time you get into these more senior lads that they have and those lads need to start playing well to, to, to warrant being picked so I think all of that, I think Tip will probably just sneak it in the end.
1: OK, Galloway and Cork. This is in Porky Keeve. It's at one forty-five. like I said, to the third game. You can't talk about Cork without talking about the abomination of their puckouts Paddy. Like, I mean, they need Harnady back. There's no doubt about that. Like, I mean, we were t- we talked about this on Monday, but I'll get to your thoughts on it. Like, uh, Our thoughts on it like, was that Patrick Collins, after it happened two or three times, just had to stop doing it. Like, if the sideline's slow, he should know himself. But I suppose... Like, if, if you're putting it down in the half-forward line, um, they're not able to win it. But my point on Monday was at least you're not getting a goal or a point straight off that puck out. Like, if they lose it there, it's not as dangerous.
0: No, it's not. Now, I would feel sorry for Collins in the goals. He's a young goalie going in. And, you know, thou yeah, shall not go against thy manager's wishes at that yeah, age. yeah. I think I really... At the end of the day, he's doing his job. He wants to play a championship match. He's doing his job, letter to law... I wouldn't blame it too much. Now, if I had an experienced full-back of me, maybe, like if I play full-back sometimes, I might turn around to our goalie and say, come here, yeah. get that ball as far out as you can out to the sideline. I'm not sure Cork lads were doing that, but I do get you that maybe, maybe he'd even be respected more if he did, but to be honest, I think they learned an awful lot. If I was Cork, I'd be delighted and say, okay, well, we know we are seriously vulnerable from sharp puck outs now. Like, they're, they're seriously, like, got, like Limerick showed their hand there of how good they are to press on a puck out. And I think yeah. every other team has learned that as well. But as we said, they're similarly as good in their half-back line. Big, big men in the half-back line. So it's pick your poison. Somebody will have to come at something. And I would say it's, it's more of a case of trying to hit it longer, but into some sort of space. And not let that Limerick half back line just stand under it and attack it because God they're a powerful one to do.
1: It it made um it made Tipperary's tactics of conceding that puck against Cork even stranger, didn't it? What Limerick were able to do with it, to just completely dismantle it. What do Cork do Cork just do Cork have to go back to the drawing board and say we need to stop this? Because it's too obvious. And Limerick showed how easy it is to destroy. And we're going to have to change it because we talked here a few weeks ago about different puck-out strategies and, you know, maybe one could go to the corner forward if you pull a man out. But the mm-hmm. Limerick half-back line don't move with you. Yeah, this day. Yeah. So, like, I mean, what's the solution here? Could you send all your half-forwards over onto Dermot Burns and put it on top of three versus one because the other two probably won't fall? You know, yeah. I'm sure there's loads of things they're trying to talk about.
2: Uh, like, I'd be very surprised if Cork don't have all of these up their sleeve ready to go. I think the game against the, uh, Limerick the last day um they were going with what they had they they changed a lot of players they put in the new lads and they said this is the way we're playing for this and let's see how it goes Um I've been in the situation in dressing rooms where yeah, the keepers are told what to do. They're saying, "Let's let's find these these pockets of spaces, um, and and let's not go long as uh, if we can, if if possible, because this is the game plan we want. To, we want to work it through. And if it doesn't work through three times, yes, the pressure comes on. But the, I don't think the blame would be on the keeper. It'll be well, lads, you weren't making the right runs outside. That the, the full back line weren't doing right. Or the a half back line weren't. So it's not the keeper's fault. That this is what they're probably trying to protect the keeper. Right, but. Uh, was it the right look? Like it was a very difficult situation for a young lad to be in. Like he probably wanted to go long, but he felt that he couldn't because if he did, obviously, as Paddy was saying, he's going against what the game plan he's is. He's sticking and to the process. Yeah, yeah, you can't go against that. But the Cork won't go into championship with only having that 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 game plan of going short all the time. I think they need to vary it up. Obviously, they need to go long or hit the pockets of space. But they'll bring that into the game the next day. They're not going to just do it all against Limerick in, in a league game, which nobody will remember. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time because if, if they showed their hand there sure they're just given Limerick all the ammunition that they need to. so I think um, I wouldn't be too worried uh, for Cork as we said coming into it if, if they got beaten they got beaten but let's, let's see what kind of learnings they got from it and yes they got some learnings like that and they also realise that if they like what they're good at if they run at pace and get the ball inside and have runners they can open up Limerick a little bit and get these opportunities for goals okay they didn't take many of them um, but I think maybe with the the calibre of players that are to, to come back into that Cork team they might take them but it's at least give them the options that, that, that they know that they can uh, they can open up Limerick if, uh, like they did Kieran Kingston denied that there was shadow boxing going on Paddy and
1: I, I know that a lot of people were saying there's 11 changes from the Westmead game but they made a lot of changes for that game if you know what I mean so he said that only Luke Mead and Patrick Horgan that were available for selection didn't play that night now how much was silly beggars we were talking about that the other day like how much of this was silly beggars, and how much was this is the tactics they wanted for the year just being dismantled? Like how how much how much do you put into one or the other?
0: Um, I do think they would have had other stuff planned for the championship game, definitely. Um, but at the same time, but would they not want to try that? You made, see, would they not want to try that yeah, out? But that's, at the same time, I think they still wanted to try a, a few things out. They probably wanted to see what way a short buck out would go. Now, would they have persisted with it in a championship game like that? I think they would have had another plan. But they did see, and like we've seen Limerick do this, where they they press up high. And that's why their backline are so successful a lot of the time, is that they're so fast and strong up front, they put that pressure on. Um, but now Cork know that that is could be an Achilles heel. But the fact that only Luke Mead and, and, and Pat Horgan, well, why weren't they playing so? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. If they were already weak. you know, the, To me, they were right. We talked about that Limerick had to show up, had to start getting championship form. We thought they might do a number on Cork. And if it was a full-strength Cork team, this Limerick team came out and battered them like that, then I still think it would be very, very difficult to raise a full Cork team for that championship match. I mean, it would have been an absolute killer if they got hockeyed. Now there's always that caveat of, look, now we're at full strength, lads, and we see the tactics that we don't need to play, and now we now we have belief that we can beat them. So I think it worked out fine for Cork in the end, being that they're playing in, in two weeks' time, but certainly they are still vulnerable. And if you talk about where have they strengthened up, I don't think they're that much stronger in their half-back line. Coleman's a great player, but I don't think their half-back line or half-four line are that much stronger that they're going to pose a massive challenge to them,
1: yeah, uh, it, it doesn't look like, on that evidence, and now they have to play Galway, who arguably have the best forward line in, in the game. Like, when you look at Whelan at centre forward, can Cannons played wing forward, corner forward? Uh, Joe Canning can play anywhere in the mm. forwards. I heard James Cahill saying he should be at full forward. You have Colin Mannion plays from midfield, half forward line, full forward line. You have Connor Cooney, who can play anywhere yep. for St. Thomas's around the forward. Like, you don't know what Galway team you're going to... You know, you just... They've a very... They've built up a great... Squad and they've built up great flexibility within that squad that you can't plan for that forward line.
2: No, no, you can't. And a great example is, is I think Canning was probably struggling uh, where he was midfield. Then he kind of was half half forward for a while, yeah. was still kind of struggling, and then they put him in full forward, and then it just turned the whole game. You know, he started getting on ball, and I think he was really good in there, but. It, I think the flexibility that the that the Galway forwards have that they can play anywhere, like can go get a score. It's like the old style kind of football. You get a score, you move position nearly to a degree, but they're comfortable everywhere. it Doesn't matter where. Ideally, they want to obviously Cucannon as close to goal as possible. But if, if he's out around the half forward line, it's not it's not it's not a problem. Like the, you know, he knows what he's doing. Everyone else knows what he's doing, and we have going to have Canning inside maybe. So um, Galway seem to be in a, in a great in a great place. And the, the last number of league games um, have been really really good to Galway, and um, they're full of confidence. Um, and this weekend is it a major major game for them not really sure I think they, they've they got enough out of the league so far they may uh, try a couple of different players to give them more game time because they know that there's big games coming down the line and they need to be prepared for that and not to be getting any injuries written I think they've got enough uh, out of the league so far Galway like I suppose when you look at Shane
1: O'Neill his first year with Galway Paddy and he gets to uh, an All-Ireign semi-final and really had Limerick rattled a point in it in the injury time and now he's had another year with them and like do you see them having moved on another uh, level from last year
0: I definitely, I think you see him with the ball now, and uh, they know the person receiving it knows where to be moving. Uh, I think the person on it is either quickly getting it off the shoulder or popping it up. Like when they won the All Ireland around that time, and actually when they got to the All Ireland the year after against Limerick, it was gone um, fairly predictable what they'd do with with very much a long ball. I know they have big men, but as I said earlier, I still. If I was playing against a big guy, I, I don't mind long balls coming in. You know, I mean, you learn how to spoil them. So I think other teams are doing that. But now they're really using the ball players that they have. Uh, Joe Cannings, Cottle Mannions, came on and he looked like more than a free taker the other day, which before that he probably hadn't have. That's because uh, Joe wouldn't let him take them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah not. He, had, he had to do something to play. <laughs> but um, the, even Concanning to me is one of the... Probably. I'm trying to think of other corner forwards. There's some great ones, but I think he's the most damaging corner forward in the game at the minute. Uh, He goes for goal every time, and he's not big, but he's still not letting that affect him in the air. He's going for ball headed. So, uh, to me, he's the best corner forward at the minute. And actually, they probably have the other best one in Conor Whelan when he's playing out in the half hour line. So, they are big, they're strong, they're fast. And now I think they have a really, really nice style of play. Um, I do think there's a couple of question marks in their back line. Um, Shane Bennett catching that ball out of the air the last time nightmare for you know a cornerback that can't happen championship like it was too easy a goal straight away to go in so there are a couple of question marks Dahi Bork hasn't played that much hurling like hasn't played that much hurling uh, yet so there's certainly question marks but they are going in the right direction and they're very very hot up front.
1: Yeah, no, there's no doubt um, that they are. It's actually after that Shane Bennett catch, uh, Parik Mannion caught the next one and McInerney caught the very next one. I remember looking at it going, because I was thinking maybe this was a set move from Bennett because Bennett didn't even look at Prendergast. He knew he was there. He didn't even have to look right. And then they never got. They never did no, it again. So chance, yeah. obviously, you know, Galway are brilliant in the air and their half back line as well. They, they are taking
2: most boxes. Galway, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. To be fair, you don't get you don't catch too many ball in around, uh, as a forward in the Galway uh, back line because they're so big and so physical. Um, and I was surprised to see both of them kind of get caught like that. But uh, with Burke and and. Uh, there, I think he he look the more games he get now, the better, and he'll definitely sure it up. But um, was it a tactic? No, I think it was just a kind of instinct for Waterford to let it in, and it just happened. But yeah. it's definitely a good option to have for Waterford to, that they know they can they can play it lower, they can play it higher, yeah. I I think canon actually, Paddy, just to go back to him, I know he's not the biggest fella,
1: but he looks a lot stronger. Like to, than to two years ago when he came on, he was he was much more of a maybe he's hanging around with Connor Whelan and doing the the weights with him or something. But for me, he looks. He looks. He just looks a tougher prospect than he did. Is that maybe just a style or do you think he's gotten a little bit bigger?
0: I'd say he's powerful. Like, you know, I mean, okay, he's not as big as other fellas, but for his size, I'd say he's very, very strong. And we can see his running, like his aggressive running, he's hard to hold back. So that would probably point again that he's stronger than he looks. Um, but like, he's willing to go at the man every time. Like, if you look at other players, I often look at um, Cadogan, in Adam Hadigan in Cork, I think he's lovely, obviously a lovely player. And even Desi Hutchinson, they're kind of going outside you an awful lot, which, you know, is annoying to get three or four points from play, maybe. But can Cannon go straight down your throat? It's really, really hard to get those players and to take the belts and to break the tackle and to maybe even draw a free and to realise that free is as good as a score. And to me, he does all that. And he's, he's great technique in the ground as well. He'll cover over the ball. Uh, if the ball's at his feet you're not getting in around him he'll cover over a quick flick into the hand so I think he's just he's a great mix of power um, pace and, and, and a lot of technique
1: Yeah I suppose that technique when the ball's on the ground I'm thinking of uh, rugby training and never hurled spreading your legs and getting them wide and you're taught that obviously when you're young are you? Get yeah. the arse out and get make Get your big sure. arse out yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> you, you need those
2: uh, deadlifts there to get that <laughs> Or a few points maybe that might help you there <laughs> But no I think O'Connor will only get better I think he has it all I think and the more games he gets the more confidence he gets and the, the more direct he's going to get um, and with more confidence uh, I think he'll only get better as the, as the and, and when we get to Crow Park it'd be great to see him in the in the, in the bigger picture in the big pitches when he gets uh, when he gets unleashed there it'll, it's really exciting for Galway to see to see how he goes this year
1: yeah no it definitely is we've three games left lads so we want to get through them I'm not going to mention Limerick Wex or uh, Westmead because that that will be a, a probably one way traffic Wexford Dublin is a huge game for Dublin I'm calling it here now they've never beaten Wexford under Davey. uh Connell am I right in saying oh, that I'm under right Matty that. On, since Davy took over have Dublin beaten Wexford Oh, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. You're I don't probably think right they, yeah, I don't think they have. So, yeah. They. Um, I don't know. They're flattering to deceive a bit, Dublin. I saw Maddie Kenny saying that they were pretty happy with the performance last week. That's after conceding 34 points. So I'm not really sure what to make of that.
2: Yeah, look, I think he's probably just come out with a, a positive side on it and saying, look, if we didn't concede so many frees, we would have been in the game. Like, uh, that's obviously easy to, to say. Um, I just think the same things are, 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 are probably... Going against Dublin at the minute, there's a lot of chopping and changing, you know, where was Chris Crumby playing the weekend? Was he centre forward? Was he midfield? Was he centre back? Okay, they were missing Liam Rush, they were missing um, Morn. But uh, I think nearly the opposite to the to the goalie management, they don't know, they haven't a clue or the tip rainers as well. They haven't a clue what their fifteen is. They don't know who they're gonna put in goal. They don't know they don't know their settled six backs. You know, they they might have an idea up front, you know, with maybe Hayes and Dylan. Um and, and Danny, but are they gonna who are they gonna put in Centre for if they're taking Crummy out? I think there's a lot more questions than answers at the minute with them definitely.
1: Keen Boland has shown up well the last couple of games. He came on as a sub very direct and was very good against Claire as well. Is he a positive? Would he be starting?
2: Yeah, he should be starting. Like he he he's a he's a really, really good hurler. Um he, He's, he's, physically he's, he's well able to get up and down the field and he's well able to hurl um, and his attitude is always really good I think he's just been caught with injury for the last number of years there's always something that's got him coming, coming to championship but look he played well on the weekend that's for sure um, What's his best position? Probably wing forward you know he has the legs to be able to get around the field so I think wing forward is probably his best position um, but I think there was just too much messing around I think in the backs uh, specifically like um, too many hand passes back into the centre to try and maybe it's just trying to drag the other team out to get more space inside but but yes Dublin weren't hitting balls in right you know there was two or three times when say uh, it may have been Danny um, or it could have been Crummy having pot shots from maybe 50, 60, 70 yards out when the right thing to do at that point, I think, was probably give it inside where Eamon Dillon was one on one, you know, or Hayes was one on one, and that's what you want. You want uh, uh, one of those guys inside, one on one, with a bit of space, because they they will do damage at that point. But I think they were, they were trying trying to force it then to try and get scores, and you know, when you're a point or two down or a point or two up, it, it's maybe you know you, you need to question what what is the best thing for the team. Is it to have a shot on a fifty fifty, or is it to give the ball in to make sure we get a score out or, or create a free or do something? So. Look, there's a lot of questions out. Is is Wexford um, a massive game? It's not a massive game, but I think it's it's. Is this key. not the
1: bragging rights for the third best team, kind
2: of in Leinster? Uh, usually, it would be in a, in, a, in a real league game, but I don't. I wouldn't consider this a real league game. I think uh, it's more important to get get a very good performance, settle down on your team, um, and get some confidence into these because a lot of them are young lads and they haven't gotten you know much kind of successes. Uh, and getting victories over you know good team, big bigger bigger name teams in the top three or four, um, and I think a win over Wexford and a good performance is exactly what they need coming into 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 the championship in Antrim in, in a couple of weeks time because Antrim are, are on the total other side of it. You know they're playing least this weekend, um, so you know they're got, and they're coming off the back of a uh, um, some unbelievable performances and everyone's talking how good Antrim are. So getting to Navin Antrim I just can't wait i say to get Dublin when they're seeing them at the minute the way Dublin are performing because it's, it's all set up for Antrim
1: That match in Navin did you say? Yeah right, Navin, Okay, yeah. That'll be a tight enough kind of ground yeah. as well for that yeah. There'll be, That'll be a good championship match What about the form of Dio Keefe uh, Paddy a bit questionable last year didn't seem to have the same energy like I haven't seen an awful lot of Wexter, but I'm seeing his scoring tallies and usually he's good for three four points from play for midfield, he's the driving force. And the scores seem to have drived up from him. Um I don't know about the performances.
0: Yeah, I've seen him play a couple of times this year. Um and I suppose you could say last year and yeah, look at you don't like to go too harsh on a, an individual. Like I think anytime I've been on the show, we've all been big fans of ah, yeah. you it up. I think he was the he was the real Yeah, he was probably the most important player maybe for Wexford for for that first few years that Davey was over him. He just doesn't seem to have the same influence. Now, whether it's that, you know, I mean, that's three or four years of really hard slogging. Like the way Davey plays, you hear the tackle count he wants. And I think he trains, like if you talk about guys that, that played under him, it's probably the same intensity in training. So that's a lot of mileage over the last few years. And whether it's physical or mental, and I think the whole team are suffering from it. Like, that's what it is. I don't, I don't think it's, a, it's not exactly Dio O'Keefe, but they probably need him hurling a lot more uh, ball and, and being involved in a lot more to do well. But, like, if I, but again, the, on the flip side, if you're going out to play Wexford tomorrow, around who do, who do you look after? You look after Lee Chin, you look after McDonald, and you definitely look after Dio O'Keefe in the middle of the field. So, that's, that's the other thing as well. He comes first couple of years, a bit more freedom. And now there's guys, and every day he goes out, there's probably somebody set to run with him the whole game long. So, yeah, it is tough. He might have to reinvent himself again for championship. Um, maybe they need to push him as a half back coming forward so he gets that little bit more freedom. But certainly they probably need, you know, they do need more out of him if, if Wexford are there to be successful.
1: Yeah. What about Klkenny clear then? This is in Cusack Park. Again, Klkenny are through. But, like, I mean, JJ Delaney was talking at the Sky Launch and he was talking about their short puck outs He was saying, I think it's a very good thing for them to do because Kilkenny have become a small bit predictable as regards long ball. Will they do it in the championship? I don't know. But the opposition manager doesn't know that either. That's the beauty of playing a short game in the league, using it to show guys that they can actually play it. The likes of Paddy Deegan and these guys are flying off the shoulders in the backs. They're actually attacking from the back, The the rest of the team, like the rest of the teams are doing. And Paddy, this is the whole thing. I used, used this analysis in football the whole time when you're talking about Tyrone and they have a great counter-attack game, but that's all they have and they're so, they're so predictable that like, if you can't find a balance of defending, attacking in more than one way, like any decent manager will figure you out.
0: Definitely, uh, definitely. Um, and that's, you know, that has been a problem for Kilkenny the last few years. And I know people, um, you know, especially in Kilkenny are probably a bit sensitive about that and they're traditionalist in the way they look at it. And that's because it's been so successful. Even if you think back, Cork and 0-4 and 0-5 were playing a real sharp passing game. But Kilkenny for 10 more years, or more, whatever it was, 10 or 15, yeah, ten more years, still played the long ball game and were the most successful team. But I think, you know, you can see by Brian Cody, it's finally, you know, the penny is fully dropped. I think he kind of tried for a couple of years to play a sharp ball uh, hand pass, but you'd see at the business end of a game when the pressure was on, it was still long ball. It was still long, long, long. Because I'd say it wasn't worked through um, fully in training and it wasn't believed in fully but I think to me it looks like they really are putting a huge emphasis on it and I'd say the players are younger players, they're newer players, the likes of a Paddy Deegan in the backline, they're flying out because they want to play like this, they know that it's a nightmare to just hit the ball down high and it comes back um, twice as quick nearly every time and bar TJ Reid who's one actually be up there winning all this ball and he can't do it for every matchup I think it's interesting, I think they are going about it the right way uh, I think they're trying to do all the right things but again the litmus test is in the championship can they keep this up like you know if they're playing an all-Ireland semi-final and the other team is you know it's tit for tat with 7 or 8 minutes to go are they going to go back to the tried and, and tested the long ball stuff and uh, I think it's really really interesting I'm looking forward to it. I think I still think Cody is the is the best man to have because he brings good people in with him and just be interesting. will he stick with it and not the people around him because I think they want to well let's see does he want to
2: I, I hear a lot of people and I, I see what Paddy's saying but back in let's say take uh, those those early noughties and early into the last couple of years why wouldn't you hit the ball long if you had if you had a, a Michael Fenley in there yeah. or, or Martin Comfort or whoever it is like no one's gonna like nine times a of ten they're gonna get the ball or they're gonna break it to a Richie Hogan or someone that's front flying by. So that was always the go to, like, and it was the best go to. Like you're hitting it into the, you know, your your best line nearly sometimes inside. I think they don't have that now. And TJ is obviously that option to go inside, and he he's nearly guaranteed to win it if if it's there. But look, he, you can't be relying on that. I think. Uh, they, they're forced to change. I think they, that that's the way it is now but, because but of the players that they have.
1: The funny thing about this, though, Connell, is that Limerick go along with most of their puckouts. have Morrissey, Lynch, and Hegarty, which are great ball winners, like Kilkenny can have TJ and Walter, so they can suck them in for a few short ones. But like, the, I I'd agree with you. Like, seventy percent should be going to to TJ and Walter, no? Like, and mixing it up so that they're, it's not obvious. But I yeah. suppose the whole thing is not to be not to be obvious, not to do the same thing all the time as to have them guessing what what are they going to do next.
2: Yeah, look, you do need options though I think the the, the go-to when you're under pressure is is get it long on top of your ball winners and your ball winners with Kenny are obviously TJ and, and possibly Walter or whoever else is there. Um, but yeah, they do need options to, 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 to just to keep the other team guessing to going short but I can be nearly guaranteed that Cody would always go on saying, you have to be able to win your own ball if you want to play with Kenny. And if the ball comes on top of you, you better make sure you win it. If it comes low, you better make sure you win it. So it's not a case of that they're trying to disguise anything or, or the players can't do it. I think they just need probably the quality of the players where they used to say the old style, Tommy Walsh, Crossfield ball in on top of Henry or whoever it is probably the quality of player inside isn't there to win that ball and there's probably too much defensive net that they're playing against. So they're forced to change. And yes, they're changing, but they're, they're not going to go ultimately uh, like, like a limerick where they're going to go no. completely short. That's no. not going to happen.
1: No, but yeah, like, I mean, uh, when you see Owen Larkin tweeting what he's tweeting about this style and Richie Power tweeting about the style, just, I'd say Cody hates it, Paddy. <laughs> I'd say, but maybe he doesn't even hear
0: it. That's the thing I'd say. He doesn't look at much. Oh, I'd say he hates the style as well. Uh, oh he hates the style I'd say so I'd say he'd love to just keep banging it along, but it is you play with the players that you have available There's, you have to play the tactics that suit them um, and at the minute I don't think it suits them to go that long Like, uh, and we can talk about Walter Walsh he has a lot of hurling played as well yeah. and if he's on a man as big as him how many is he actually really going to catch and they were fantastic for coming on to the break like Mike Fenley used to just come on he used to just know where the ball was going to hop off a hand or off a hurley be gone on to it, and I, don't, I just don't think they have those instincts at the minute in the players that they have. And my, and, and I would agree to that, point. you don't hit every puck out short, and you have TJ Reid there, and you have guys that can break that play. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's nearly more about the other teams following them back and that they're under the break of the ball, and then they kind of get their style of playing going a bit easier. So I think it's just, as you said, about variety, um, and unless you have. Four, five, six foot two or three lads. I think you have to have, definitely have a, have a lot
1: of variety. Of yeah, I, it, was the game going to go away go away from these six foot two or three lads? Then, like, I mean, are, are teams going to start looking for more mobile, skillful players? You know, rather than like, what's wrong with having two wing forwards that are unbelievable in the air, but mightn't be the greatest hurlers? Or is that like, is the skill level more important now? You know, in any line of the field, like, our old Hegarty's a freak in that he he has he's a,
2: he's got both. Um, well, are you saying there's, there's no place in the game for the, ta- the taller lads yeah, is well, that don't uh, for, have the skill? Yeah,
1: well, like I mean, well, well, I don't
2: think it comes down to if you have the skill and you are shorter or you're tall, you'd be able to you'd be able to play the game because sure you look a lot of those Limerick lads, Kyle Hayes, whatever, are well over six foot and and are well able to play, you know. Um, and then you Cork, look at the other side of, would, Richie Hogan's is, is, is relatively small And he's well able to hurl and mix it So
1: Would Cork be as well off Pick a club level player That can stand wing forward And give them a feckin' option For a long one That they don't have to be going short Do you get me? Like is there a place in a game For a Mulliker Who's brilliant at club hurling in the air And look he's not Quite an intercounty Kind of you know Level striker Which or didn't, whatever didn't they get
2: rid of Walsh wasn't he? Wouldn't he have been considered Aidan Walsh, yeah. Walsh One of their big uh, wing forwards So that's not what they want Obviously, Cork. I yeah. want that. And look, I was surprised to see that happen. I was surprised to see uh, Lahan let go as well. I think they would have all have something to offer. But Cork obviously think differently, and they want to go short, and they're not in that plan. So um, I see your point, and I, I would have. Lo- it's always good to have an option uh, of a tall lad or someone that's well able to catch the ball in the half forward line or full forward line. Yes, but. That's not what Cork one, obviously. If if I was Brian Lowen, I'd be on to Gary Brennan
1: after retiring from the football paddy. He's got some paw on him, and I'd, plon- I'd plonk him down at number 10, and I'd say he's my option, 30% of my pokeouts.
0: I think so. I'd, look, you have a certain point, but it does, you, you still do have to hurl, uh, be able to hurl, because it's it's too high a level to carry, lads. Uh, but I, I would agree there, certainly with the Cork lads, I'd agree. You know, there was a couple of guys that could offer something, especially with the, you know, Ed Walsh had a really good attitude, I think. You know, and if at times he played some super stuff, but then he was playing positions that weren't up his, you know, alleyway, like you know, playing midfield, and so I don't think he's the hurling for that. But certainly a ball winner, like I mean, they're so hard to, so hard to come across. And what happened to actually training them to do the right thing? Um, but I think Gary Brennan, unfortunately, I don't think I don't think we'll see him back. But um, but I think he would have been a case. I think he he was a brilliant club hurler. Yeah. But it could have been a case if he played inter county. Uh, he wouldn't have been half the hurler. Like Stephen O'Brien plays for Tipperary footballers midfield, and probably would have struggled. Like a, a grand intercounty player, but probably would have struggled with those those little movements, the little bits of skill that you probably need to do really quickly at intercounty level uh, to be to be effective.
1: Yeah. Level. OK, lads, the last one is Antrim and Leash. And to be honest with you, Leach simply have to go up there and try and win this one. It would be a great boost to them. Like, if Leach lose this one, Antrim have finished on five points, Leash on zero. You know, and now you're falling behind Antrim. Now, I know Cheddar's just taken them over, whereas Darren Gleason has had them for a year, you know, and another year with Liam Sheet with I think it was in with somebody else. And yeah. then he had them on his own. Then they won the Joe McDonough. Whereas Cheddar's trying to iron things out in the couple of weeks, you know, and it's not as easy. But, you know, it's not easy to go up there. Obviously, Wexford and Clare have seen. And the most impressive thing, I think, from an Antrim point of view, is that they came back from six, seven points down against both Clare and Wexford to beat Clare and to draw with Wexford. So, like, I mean, do Leash have to look at this as a championship match? Like, they need this win big time for
2: morale, Connell. Um, they definitely do. Like, I've I seen some of the, the talk about Leash, and Evan. Like, a lot of their performances were really good. But like, were Leash in that bad of a place that... that, that, that uh, that it's all about rebuilding and 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 going to the future and like it seems to be the way that the the narrative is at, at the minute that things were so bad like. It's only a couple of years ago that they beat us in, in, in Leash and Eddie Brennan was the, was the best thing yeah. ever down there. And like,
1: near, they, they got within a point of Clare in Nolan Park last year. Like, I mean, you know, th- that shouldn't be. You see, Cheddar probably wants to make the team his own a little bit. So he's, he's not starting from the scratch, but he probably wants to put his own stamp on it. If you.
2: Yeah, that's, that is that is fair. And look, a lot of their performances have been very good. It's just they haven't got the results. Um, and look, it's it's not an easy place to, 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 to try and rebuild a team if you're, that's what you're trying to do. Uh, in in the top division, it's very difficult, you know, because you need to get a couple of runs, uh, a couple of games with a with a good few uh, victories behind you, and. Playing Limerick and, and playing all the top teams like Tip and and everything like that doesn't always help that. Um, but this weekend, I think it, it, it is a, it's a massive game for for both teams, and it's a is, is it up in and Yeah,
1: they've had three home games. They're going
2: well up there yeah. with the <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it's 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 a huge benefit to be to be playing up there. And look, if it was down, if it was in Port Leash, you'd probably give Leash a better chance. But look, it's a very very tough place to go to up there to to get a victory. And, and as we've seen all year, it's really hard for every team. Um, but look, they're looking for another big performance. Um, I, I suppose Leash, but uh, probably the way it's going gone, Antrim will probably have a little bit too much for them.
1: Yeah, that's the way it's looking, Paddy. Like I mean, I can't see a leash win based off form, but I do take Connell's point. Like you know, in the second half against Kilkenny they were very good. Are they? Are they just waiting to spark? Could they, you know? Could they spark and get a result
0: up here? I think they could definitely get a result uh, because you kind of have two underdogs in hurling terms playing each other. Like Leash you know, they'll kind of stand up 15 against 15 and say, hold on now, this, these Antrim players aren't better than we are. You know, yeah. I think it's nearly like a standalone game. Uh, and, and then Antrim, of course, have had a couple of good results and a couple few performances. So will they be slightly vulnerable against, unless they team teamed what they've played already? So I think it's a standalone game. I think, as you were saying, I think it's important for Leash to have a good performance. A win would be brilliant for them. Um, I think Antrim, to be honest, I'm really impressed with Antrim. Like, you know throw another jersey on him, you know, and you'd say, Yeah, they're they're up to the standard but it's just because we in our psyche we think Antrim are, you know, a lesser team. But I thought they they hurled so, so well, sharp shooters all over the field. I think I think they have a lot to offer. I hope they stay at this level, but certainly Leash they need something, don't they? They need a little as you said, they need a spark, but I don't think it's any plan. I just think they haven't got off the ground yet. But um I think they'll see this game as something where they can they can push on.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it was Kieran Clark interviewed during the week. Did he um he was in the media and he was saying that everyone in Antrim that can play senior hurling is playing senior hurling. They've an incredible professional setup. Anything that you need, you get. And I suppose counties like Antrim wouldn't be used to that. And like Leash got that boost when Cheddar took them over a few years ago and mm. Eddie came in. And like when you're the poor relation a little bit or when it's it's often unprofessional, when you get that like suddenly, wow now we're you stand with your chest stuck out that you're like a, pr- a proper almost a professional athlete you know and it all feeds into confidence and psychology uh,
2: ah It does definitely like and uh, it always has been the case uh, uh, when, when you talk to any of the Antrim players it's like oh, look there's, this, there's a row with this club or there's a row with this other, other team and we're not getting everyone out if we had everyone together working together we would be up there and it seems to now they have it and they have their uh, with with Gleason in charge he seems to be really really top man and uh, the preparation is good so there's no excuses now for for Amsterdam to say well we don't have this we don't have they have everything they're getting their, their their results they're getting their performances so um, I'd say they're really looking forward to 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 come championship and to really take it on Dublin because they really firmly believe that they they can uh, make a huge uh, a huge uh, dent in this championship
1: yeah exactly right lads that's it we that's all we've time for we'll be back on monday we'll review the last round of the league and we'll see who you are going to share the league title with we'll all know everything on monday good luck <laughs>
0: There's no such thing as a media band. We don't have a
1: media band. Ah you do? No, we don't. <laughs> a Dante Eat and a Dante's Eat Palace. There was
0: nothing else to eat.
1: He was massive! <laughs> Legs, <laughs> ass, spit, but I bust
0: out laughing watching <laughs> <the movie. laughs>